Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is Blessings Money Cannot Buy. Let's meet Jesus. It's a long time since I have recorded one of these programs. It's been more than a year and a half, I'd say a year and three quarters, and at the time that I did that program, I apologized for it having been ages since I had created a Blessings Money Cannot Buy program. And here it's been ages again, but uh, nowhere near as great a span as then. This program is going to be very different from my Bible program's Christ's Resurrection of Life Body Messages, Brad Thomas presents that, and then the other program, Messenger, Watchman, Declare, and Contend. Again, Brad Thomas presents. In that, I will not be reading long passages of Scripture, chapters of Scripture, and I will then not be commenting on not be preaching on those large, long passages of Scripture. I will be sharing Scripture. But I'm going to be providing more of a a sharing program. This is going to be, you could say, more casual, less structured, more of a sharing program. Getting back more to my original program of long ago, with the notable exception of the dearth of beautiful, inspirational music, which I featured then and am not including now. But to begin with, I'm just going to share a few scriptures. And then go from there. The other program that I produce, which takes up more of my time, is a news talk program, ostensibly, and from the perspective of a Christian, of myself. And that is Brad Thomas Presents After All is Said and Done. And I have been remiss in not doing this program. So, I am going to try to make amends for that and provide these programs on a more or less regular basis. But to begin with, scriptures from the Gospel according to John in the passage that is listed as being the third chapter. Now, one verse of Scripture that has been exceedingly, I believe, overused because it has been taken out of context and used in exclusion of the verses of Scripture that surround it and that weigh heavily upon it is known as John 3.16. But, beginning with I'll start with John 
And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Now, moving on through this passage, listed as the third chapter, this has been Jesus speaking. All of this that I have just quoted, that I've just read, has been from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'll be quoting, reading a few verses from what John the Baptist said, and again, contained within the same passage. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. He that hath received his testimony hath set to his seal that God is true. But he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things into his hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Again, what I (laughs) abhor about the overemphasis on John 3.16, on the verse that is listed or referenced as being John 3.16, is that it paints such an inaccurate picture. It so badly misrepresents the truth of God's Word in isolation from the context (laughs) of what else Jesus said in immediate relation to that, and then of what John the Baptist had to say. To pluck out John 3.16 and to wave that around and to share that with people and then to try to get them to say yes to Jesus (laughs) on the basis of that and call that evangelism or evangelization or whatever, and conversion is 
a mockery. It makes a mockery of the Word of God. It's trying to cause people to say yes to God in complete ignorance of the totality of His Word. Do we need to know the entire Bible in order to be converted? No. But we should be acquainted with more than that one verse. So back to that one verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. So loved the world. God created this world, this earth, and the universe, the constellations, everything. You can deny it. You can reject that. You can say, that's not scientific. (laughs) But it is truth. It is reality. It is the way that things really are. Contrary to what some atheist or many atheist science professors and scientists and so forth would have us believe otherwise. But God gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It makes it sound as if the only thing that is required is belief. It's not. In another place in Scripture... It is stated that you believe, well, the devils believe and tremble. The devils believe and tremble. And in case after case after case where Jesus cast devils out of people, I know we're too advanced to believe anything like that, but in case after case where Jesus cast demons, unclean spirits, devils, out of people, we find the demons, the devils, the unclean spirits referring to Jesus as God the Son. They believed, but are damned. But going on from 3.16 to the following verses immediately thereafter, and I dislike these artificial addresses, if you will, such as 316. They are helpful to be able to find scriptures, but these are artificial, you could call them punctuation almost, of mankind. But So the next verse, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. Why is that? Because the world was already condemned, not the earth, Not the constellations, not the universe, not the planetary system. But you and I, we people, were already condemned because we were in sin. But God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That the people of the world might be saved. Next Verse, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. 
because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Condemned already. Jesus didn't need to come to condemn us. We were condemned already. It does not negate the reality of condemnation that he did not come to condemn us. No. But he came to save us. That's the reality. But Jesus goes on to say, this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Well, people, a great many of us, if not all of us, have tendencies to things that are not exactly righteousness and truth and godliness and so forth. Once we leave infancy and we move on into life, typically our lives are a bit checkered with things that are something other than perfection in terms of goodness and godliness. The more wicked and the more profane people are, the more in rebellion against God they are. You just find it time and again. You find it in the entertainment world, in movies and what have you. Various talented people that are gifted and talented and expert in their professions very accomplished, and yet profane to a fault, and take pride in their profaneness, not just in profanity, but in blasphemy, and just, it, it never ceases to amaze me. But instead of getting, giving credit where credit is due, instead of being thankful for the giftings the talents, the skills, the blessings they've been given, the beauty, the good looks, the whatever, health and well-being and the success that they have enjoyed, they insist on damning God at every opportunity. Not only in their personal communications, but in their professional ones via major media. John the Baptist said, He that cometh from above is above all, speaking of Jesus the Christ. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth, speaking of himself. This man whom Jesus said was the greatest prophet that there had ever been, the greatest that there had ever been born of woman, which was a a poor way to express it. Why was that a poor way to express it? Because Jesus was born of woman. The difference is 
John the Baptist was begotten by man. Jesus was begotten by the Holy Ghost. But John the Baptist, Jesus said, was the greatest prophet. And yet John says, pardon me, says of himself that he is of the earth. He is earthly. And he speaketh of the earth. But that he that cometh from heaven, Jesus, is above all. And what he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. Or next to none. He that hath received his testimony hath set to his seal that God is true. If you receive the testimony of Jesus Christ, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, such that you receive him as Savior and Lord, you are testifying that God is true. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. There is no man that has walked the face of the earth at any point in time other than Jesus Christ, who was very man and very God, who has had the Spirit in exceeding abundance without measure. Everyone else, those that have been the most Spirit-filled, have been lacking division. The Father God loveth God the Son and hath given all things into his hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. Shall not see everlasting life, shall not experience everlasting life, shall not enjoy everlasting life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. Again, belief entails more than mere belief. It requires obedience. It requires Receiving Jesus as master. Not only Savior, but master and Lord and God and King. And those words are not just ceremonial titles or something. They entail a great deal. But the wrath of God abideth on those who do not believe on him, who do not obey him, who do not honor him, worship him. We people, we're all sinners, but we're not all evil. There are evil people whose whole existence is based on seeking to destroy others. 
specifically those that are good. As it says elsewhere in God's word, the evil hate the good and seek to destroy them. It speaks of a roaring lion going about seeking whom he may devour, speaking with reference to Satan, but it applies to Satan's minions, Satan's servants. Satan's slaves, if you will, Satan's soldiers, call them whatever you want to call them, who are hell-bent on destroying all that is of God, all that is good, all that is pure, all that is beautiful, all that is wonderful, all that is innocent, and all who worship God and obey God and serve God, and destroying the Word of God, seeking to upset the balance, upset the apple cart, overthrow the kingdom of God, and make the finished work of Christ Jesus of none effect. Cheat multitudes of people out of eternal life. That's what Satan's about. That's what his servants are about. But, whether you accept it or not, because this sort of thing has been said, (laughs) undoubtedly, many times for many (laughs) centuries, and beyond that. But we are in the very last times now. We are coming down the home stretch. You and I that are alive, breathing, on this earth at this time, are living in the very last times prior to the return of the Lord. But before the return of the Lord, things are going to get darker. Not brighter, lighter, darker. One particular movement that has swept through and dominated the church impossibly, unbelievably, unimaginably, is this crazy Enneagram movement. But at the root, the foundation, the core, this is really just the latest in the old age, new age, Heresies, false religion. It is steeped in astrology. It is immersed in astrology. It is something that claims to be self-help, part of the self-help movement. And it is very popular among young people who profess to be Christians. Very popular. Terribly popular. And terribly is the right word. Terribly popular. Beginning in approximately 2016, publishers, book publishers, of the evangelical persuasion, or that described themselves as such, they began publishing a great many 
books pertaining to this. And those Christian magazines, so-called Christian, that are so popular, they have been shockful. You could say stockful. I say shockful of promotion of enneagrams. Not so shocking to me in, in one sense is the fact that some pastors of some huge churches have promoted this from the pulpit, have preached it, if you can call that preaching, and these messages have been live-streamed from their pulpits. And a great many other pastors routinely weave this into their messages. Much better than the Word of God, right? This astrology, old age, new age, heresy. Why? Because they want to be popular. Because they are hireling pastors. The pastors that are doing this, without exception, the pastors, the evangelists, the televangelists that have been condoning and promoting this hellish Enneagram movement, this lie from the father of lies, they've been doing so because they are one of two things. They are either wolves in sheep's clothing or they are hireling pastors. They are either directly in the employ of Satan or they are corrupt and seeking advantage for self. But what came before this, this Enneagram movement? As I mentioned, the age-old lies that go all the way back. The New Age really was not new. It was just more of the same old lies that have gone back millennia upon millennia. But it was repackaged and rebranded and marketed as being New Age. Oh, it's the latest, greatest thing, new and improved, (laughs) under new management. In order to rope in the latest foolish people who prefer lies to the truth, who prefer to be entertained with lies and with foolishness and to have their self-esteem pumped up and things that do not require obedience to God, to the truth of God. And they have found a great market for this. But what came in between? In between the age-old New Age and the Enneagram movement, what came in between? It was something that absolutely saturated the church and saturated Bible schools and seminaries, theological seminaries, divinity schools, 
Christian universities, Christian colleges, and that was psychology and psychiatry, but specifically psychology. Christian psychology, so-called, and Christian counseling, and all of the personality tests, the personality profiles. My own experience in terms of what I have witnessed is that women, not just young women, not just girls, tweeners, (laughs) and up, but mature women, women in their prime and mature women and beyond mature, have been more inclined to be enamored with these psychology tests, these psychological profiles, than men have. You know the stereotype that women are, of course, more emotional, more sensitive, more intuitive, and, of course, more given to romance and that sort of thing, but also taken with uh, touchy-feeling things and what have you. Well, there certainly is some truth to that, And it is evidenced very strongly, very largely, with this huge audience among young women, women, and older women in the church who have been enamored with these personality profiles and tests. But not only individuals have been... taken hostage, in a manner of speaking, by this. But Christian organizations have promoted it and required such things in order for people to be employed. They have used these things as measures of employability for people. The church has been awash with this. Churches have employed these things and promoted them, taught them, and what have you. And this isn't just over the past, you know, X number of years before Enneagram came along. This was for decades. And this love affair with so-called Christian psychology. Just like the love affair with Darwinian evolution that has polluted the Christian church, the Christian colleges, the Christian universities. But Jesus said that men loved darkness rather than light. This is darkness. Enneagrams are darkness. Astrology is darkness, which Enneagrams are very heavily based on, as well as personality profiles, personality tests, darkness, not from God, not the truth of God, but the lies of man and woman.
Before I go any further, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is Blessings Money Cannot Buy. Let's meet Jesus. And whatever, whatever is right, true, good, inspired in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, that's on me. That's due to me. That's my fault. Moving on. I mentioned about uh, women's greater likelihood to have a taste for romance with regard to speaking really with regard to entertainment, whether it's rom-coms, romantic comedies, or rom-drums. I don't know that they use that word, but romantic dramedies or romantic dramas or whatever all else. And not to pick on this one particular broadcasting network, not to pick on them, but nonetheless to point up some deficiencies. I'm going to speak concerning Hallmark Channel. Their Crown Media Family Networks, which includes Hallmark Channel, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries Channel, Hallmark Drama, Hallmark Movies Now, so forth. But before I do, let me just go back with regard to the personality tests, the psychological based tests known as personality tests or personality profiles back when online dating took off which has been <laughs> linked by some experts <laughs> some experts from MIT and elsewhere it has been linked with interracial marriage interracial coupling mixed race Promotion. But anyway, going back to the beginning of online dating, that great phenomenon that has now reached such proportions that supposedly one in two normal people, otherwise known as heterosexual, one in two such marriages supposedly came about via online dating, supposedly. Uh, I rather doubt that it's that high, but that's the claim, is that it's one in two or one-half, 50%. And meanwhile, that it is rampantly popular, pervasively popular among sodomites, homosexuals. But eHarmony became a force (laughs) in the online dating world. eHarmony which was purportedly Christian, Christian-founded, Christian-based, but it was Christian psychologist-founded and based. And you scratch the surface, you scrape the surface of Christian psychology, and you have psychology, which was founded, created by absolute, outright enemies of God. And... 
putting a little frosting on it and calling it Christian doesn't make it Christian. But these are the days that people believe lies. Christian psychology. Christian counseling. It's akin to Christian pornography. But as far as the Christian psychology, Christian counseling may not be quite that far off, but it is close, very close. But anyway, dear old eHarmony, it was rooted in psychology. And in order to use eHarmony, you have to submit to taking personality tests, psychological personality profiles, and then they use algorithms to match people. Well, the founder founding father of eHarmony, he found himself forced into accepting, serving the sodomite community. And he would later say that that ruined (laughs) eHarmony, you think? But dear old eHarmony was fatally flawed from the get-go because of its foundation in Christian so-called psychology and these personality profiles, personality tests rooted in psychology. But back to Hallmark, the Crown Media Family Network, which I will just refer to as Hallmark, I don't know if you have viewed any Hallmark programs recently, such as during the Christmas season, but the good, the bad, and the ugly, the good concerning the fair, the TV movies that Hallmark Channel, now Crown Media Family Networks, produces and works with the producers of... (laughs) Those, the good about them is that you will not find profanity. And almost never find, it should be never, but almost never find anything even approaching blasphemy. But, (laughs) or taking the name of the Lord in vain. Those are good things, that that you don't find those. You also find an absence, a dearth of overt sexual anything. Usually in the movies, uh, it ends with a kiss for the couple. Now, is that realistic, really, (laughs) for a non-Christian Audience for non-Christian productions, for there to be no contact until the very, very, very end. I've seen a couple movies where it's they've changed that up and they've had them kiss earlier on. And then I can think of one where uh, there was a lot of smooching and it was earlier on and it was older people. But... Typically, it 
ends with a kiss with snowflakes coming down. And speaking of the the Christmas-themed ones and so forth. That's the good and that's the beautiful. Okay? The bad and the ugly is something else. And that is that they steer clear. They absolutely, deliberately steer clear of Christianity. And I'm sure you know, people will object and they'll say, oh, no, oh, they saw a church. Oh, they saw people inside of a church. Oh, they saw a pastor and he said, you know, whatever he said. <laughs> I challenge you <laughs> to see as many Hallmark Channel movies as I've seen <laughs> and to say that that they are that there is anything Christian about it. Really what it is in in terms of how they're made, it's like it's like the old rating system in Hollywood that at various periods of time exercised a great deal of control and made producers behave. And it really is more along the lines of that than anything else. But back to now the bad and the ugly. Now, I understand that when Hallmark is offering their programming on various different streaming services, that it is possible, and I'm just going to say possible, that perhaps some advertisements make it on that they didn't really give their okay to. I think that's possible. At least I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that there is a possibility of that. But I'm not by any means sure of it. But I have seen advertisements within Hallmark movies for Ekan Carr, promoting ancient wisdom for today. The age-old lies, the new age, explore past lives, reincarnation, dreams, soul travel. And then they have a spiritual experience guidebook, spiritual experience, like as in spiritualist, which is the opposite of spiritual, it is instead satanic. It is false religion. It is from the, not from the pit of hell, it's going into the pit of hell. But then I've also seen ads for California psychics. Yes, and this is on Hallmark Channel, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries Channel. Yeah, at varying different times and with different programs. I would say that I'm a bit disappointed at that. All right. I could say more concerning that, but uh, those particular matters, but I won't. But then concerning their, their series of TV movies, their TV movie mystery series, suspense series. There's one that only appeared at the end of 2019, and it is going on into 2020, 
and the star of this matchmaker mysteries is fashioned after this woman known as the millionaire matchmaker, Patty Stanger. And Hallmark Channel said the following, or Hallmark Movies and Mysteries said the following concerning this, that the new Matchmaker Mysteries series with Danica McKellar, her character Angie Dove, a.k.a. the Matchmaker, is a character inspired by the real-life millionaire matchmaker Patty Stanger, a reality show matchmaker who helps people find their so-called, my my words, so-called, find their soulmates. Well, (laughs) if you're unfamiliar with with whom Patty Stanger is, and she gets a cameo role, in that, in the uh, premiere of that show, she has this millionaire matchmaker on Bravo Networks, I believe, and she is utterly lewd, crude, vulgar, vile, filthy, profane, perverse, and revolting. And I know that from having seen a few of her programs some years ago, and I kept hoping to see something hopeful. And just the things that came out of her mouth, the things that she said were just, oh, my gosh. But anyway, Hallmark, that's right, (laughs) wholesome, all-American Hallmark channel has created a program whose star, whose protagonist is fashioned after this loathsome woman. But, and I'm sure in defense, some could say, well, that's just a public persona. She's not really like that. Really? She's coming out with these filthy statements on her show, and she's not really like that. Uh, Out of the mouth proceedeth the issues of the heart. But in any case, there are other things. The first TV movie that I saw on Hallmark Movies Now that was made expressly for Hallmark Movies Now was very heavily promoting mixed race marriages. Very heavily. Black men, fair white women. Very heavily promoting it. (laughs) But, uh, oh, but that's just, you know, fine and great. Uh, It it should be the norm. (laughs) But. Another program that I saw called My One and Only, Pascal Hutton's character, she refers repeatedly to a man as her person. She said something to the following effect. Her character, Stephanie, she referred to this fellow that she is set up with for her first date as possibly being her person. Meeting the man I'm supposed to believe is my person. And then she went on to say, part of me that has lost all reason actually kinda, as in kind of, hopes he might be my person. 
Where is that coming from? My person. You know, that would make sense if we're talking about doggies, right? (laughs) Doggies and their person. Kind of cute that way. But when you're referring to a woman, referring to a man, instead of Mr. Right or the man for me or, God forbid, the man God created me for, instead, that he might be my person. That is coming from promotion of sodomy, of sodomites. Plain and simple. That's what it's about. But it's on Hallmark Channel. It's conditioning. It's indoctrination. And I already mentioned about this other one, In the Key of Love, which was featuring Laura Osnes. And there were... (laughs) Various couples there, and it was very heavily promoting interracial marriage. But that's Hallmark. I mean, I can can say a great deal more about them. Hallmark Channel, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, Hallmark Drama, they are vastly superior to the nearest competitor, such as Lifetime, Network, which really heavily promotes the homosexual sodomite agenda and mixed race, black men, white women, particularly. And Hallmark is lagging way behind them in that regard. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Lifetime also markets very heavily to black audience. But uh, I tend to think that at least the... The women in that audience are probably less than thrilled with the promotion of the mixed-race couples who are typically pictured as being, and and this part is actually accurate, uh, more often than not, black men, white women. But it's contrary to God's plan, to God's will. It's not to say it's It's not to say that mixed-race marriage is the worst thing that there is by any stretch of the imagination. Far better, in my view, if I had a daughter, for her to marry a man of some other race, if he's good, godly, righteous, virtuous, honorable, noble, faithful man who's going to protect her and lay down his life for her and so on and so forth than marrying a man of her race who is a much lesser man, a much less godly man. But that's not to say that that is, that it's an either-or situation. But for any woman that is seeking to marry the man that God created her for, if she can believe in such a thing as that, then she has to exclude men of other races. Oh my gosh, how can you say such a thing? How can you say such a terrible thing as that? Simply this, God is brilliant. God is the creative genius of all time. God does not create people of this race, for people of that race. That's not God's will. If you read what he says concerning the races, yes, 
all kindreds, all races, all families, all tongues of people will be represented in the kingdom of God. Absolutely. But in the kingdom of God is one thing. In one individual family is another thing. And he refers to the mixed peoples or the mingled peoples in less than a positive way. It's not God's will. It's not God's plan. It's not God's intention for there to be such things. But here in the United States of America and around the world, it is becoming an increasingly common thing because it's being promoted so heavily. Yes, online dating has promoted that, but... That's not really at the core. It's been so heavily promoted in mass media, major media, in entertainment of every kind. It's been heavily, heavily, heavily promoted. It's been promoted in public education, private education. And it is also... (laughs) It's the result of impressionable young people who don't know better and are not being taught better. But I wouldn't go so far as to say it's an easy thing by any stretch of the imagination for a woman to meet and marry the man that God created her for, if you can, again, believe in such a thing as that, something so narrowly limited as that. But she can absolutely preclude a large number of would-be suitors, such as those of other races, other religions. If she has never been married... Those who have been, and so forth. And (laughs) that gets into a longer discussion than I have time for in this program. But a great many young Christian women are very foolish about such things. And it doesn't help when their pastors are promoting heresy like the Enneagram movement. It doesn't help one little bit, to put it mildly. It doesn't help if the wholesome, all-American, romantic entertainment they're watching is condoning that, promoting that, encouraging that. But The world in which we live is tainted, to put it gently, by evil influence. And there is an unremitting attack that has been waged against God, against His Word, against His Christ 
against godliness, against God's ways. That is not going to slow down. That is not going to cease and desist. Just the contrary. It's going to increase in fervor. And with every advance that is made by those who seek to destroy all that is of God, with every incremental advancement that they make in their attempt to foist their agenda on the world at large, and specifically here in the West and particularly in the United States of America, it builds upon their previous successes and it accelerates the speed of degeneration of that which is good, of the demise of Christian society, of Christian culture, of the Christian church. There is zero excuse no excuse whatsoever for any pastor, any Christian teacher, any evangelist, any televangelist, any person in any ministerial capacity whatsoever to embrace heresy and to promote it and to teach it and to preach it. There is Less than no excuse for that. That is absolutely what used to be known as sacrilegious. That is absolutely damnable. And for such outrageous heresy as this Enneagram movement, for it to have influenced and gained popularity with the number of people and leaders in the church that it has is beyond imagination. Incredible. But that's, that is a sign of the times in which we live. Times getting darker, not lighter. Darker, not brighter. Times in which the church, instead of growing closer to God, is refusing the Lord, resisting Him, rebelling against Him in every facet of life. Our choice, really, though, is simple, to choose the Lord or to choose loss. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is Blessings Money Cannot Buy. Let's meet Jesus. Thank you.